Welcome to the first AIMCO podcast, 15 Minutes of Fame. In July 2020, the Australian Influencer Marketing Council released a code of practice that aims to increase trust and transparency in this marketing category, including guide on vetting, contracts, metrics, and consumer law. In this episode, Stephen von Munster will share with us the impact the digital platforms inquiry could have on influencer marketing. Stephen is a practicing solicitor and partner and Van Munster Legal, a specialist technology, media and communications firm. Stephen has specialized in advertising, communications, marketing and media law since 1995. He has developed a keen interest in emerging technologies, media and interactive digital land media landscape in recent times and has advised extensively upon disruptive technology platforms, social media, online reputation management and artificial intelligence technologies. He is presently assessing the ACCC response to the digital platforms inquiry and the related ad tech inquiry and providing assistance and guidance to the industry and agencies. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. But last year... The digital platforms and data was a big topic in the public, mainly due to the hit Netflix show, The Social Dilemma. You presented on the digital platforms inquiry at Mumbrella 360 in November, giving an overview of the inquiry. And key elements of that was in ensuring that there was around protection of consumers and their privacy and personal data, the regulator court actions, and what the future may hold. Stephen, what would you say were the takeouts of that summary for you? Well, Patrick, um, first may I say thank you to you and your listeners for inviting me to, to talk on the first podcast. It is a very broad area that we're dealing with and, and as we sit here today, it would have been very difficult to envisage only 10 to 15 years ago just how much of an impact on our society, digital platforms and social media would have had. And as we can see today, it has it transcends everything we do in our daily lives. The, the Digital Platforms Inquiry, for your listeners that don't know, came about because of the issues that started to arise with the big technology companies and leaks of data and problems that associated with that transparency issue. So there's been a lot of benefits to society from the platforms and social media, but there's also been somewhat of a dark side and the government, our government, federal government, has decided to step in and do something about it. And in the ACCC is the competition regulator, the consumer protection watchdog in Australia, and they were directed in December 17, Patrick, to look into all of this about digital platforms, privacy, data, and the whole competition in the ad tech world. They, they, they went away, and in July 19, some... 800 pages of a report was released. It's an extensive report and it transcends a lot of areas to do with digital platforms. The government responded to that report in December 19. And as a result of that report, Patrick, a number of inquiries have spawned. One of them is the AdTech inquiry, which is uh, very much looking at the technology stack and the players in that market. And it's all about the complexity and opacity of ad tech and ad agency services. And they're due to report finally to the government on the 31st of August of this year. But they've just released an interim report, uh, Patrick, just last week. And they've pretty much said that there's, there's a real problem and a real lack of competition in the uh, digital advertising supply chain in Australia. And that's very interesting because obviously Google has a dominant position and it can affect influencers because influencers are part of the digital economy and are part of that chain that gets consumers' eyes and onto the screen and, and avatar assisting with the, the promotion of products. 
There's also been an interim report for the general uh, digital platform inquiry that came out in October last year, and that focused on consumer protection and privacy on messenger services such as WhatsApp, iMessage and Facebook Messenger. So we're seeing a lot of things, and at the moment there are three major court cases going on, two against Google and one by the actual C and one against Facebook by the Office of the Information Commissioner and that's focusing on what happened with Cambridge Analytica in part. So there's a lot going on, Patrick, and we're going to see some significant changes and uh, regulation for those in the whole ecosystem of digital that have personal information and data as their business model and centre of gravity. And we have to argue that today. That's almost everybody. So let's try and take, I guess, that 800-page report and try and distill it down. So let, uh, I thought we should break this up into impacting in four parts, the buy side, the influencer, te- in, the influencer technology companies, the, the talent and talent agencies, and lastly, the social platforms. So let's get into the buy side. So media agencies, social and PR agencies will use data to inform their discovery, selection and reporting of influencers. How will this impact them? And, and do we assume then that this restricted data will make it harder to target consumers and select influencers? Well, I think what we're going to see, Patrick, is that the way in which influencers data is used to discover, select and report against influencer will be more strictly controlled because a lot of that information is personal information and data to the influencer. And so we will have to see eventually that there will be a change in um, a a sort of opt-ins that influencers will need to agree to. It will also, that, that, that's in respect of using the influencer data, in, in respect of media, social PR agencies, because they're part of the technology stack, they will also be subject to what I mentioned before about these transparency requirements concerning the entire process. So there'll be more transparency that will be open to advertisers on the one hand, influencers on the other and everyone in between in that tech stack. So will it make it harder to target consumers? Yes, in the sense that there'll be more systems and processes that and disclosures that will need to be made, but those that get across it and know what to do should be able to, to get on with, hopefully with business as usual, in a more transparent way. So then let's turn to the influencer technology businesses or what could be referred to as the sell side. These are the businesses that are connecting influencers to brands and agencies. Access for some of them has already been impacted by the Cambridge Analytica scandal. So how much further will this reach now for them? This will influence them because they are the ones that in the, in the middle, way the middleman, they are, they're, they're, they're introducing the, the influencers, as you say, to the media agencies and their clients and the advertisers. They're the ones who will have a, a regulatory regime that will become quite strict once we eventually see these laws Come, come to pass from these various inquiries, and we're talking 12 to 36 months down the track, and they will need to have far more, as I said, transparent um, and compliant business models. They'll need to have very fair and transparent agreements and contracts with their influences that they use. So they will be impacted. And But, of course, one of the greatest impacts those side businesses will have is how much the platforms themselves will allow access to their backend. And each influencer platform or influencer transparency business 
that I've seen and in my travels as a lawyer in this space has a different way and a different need in that regard. But as you've mentioned, there has been quite a bit of tightening going up. So they'll, they'll, they'll be impacted through the platforms as well. Okay, so let's think then about the influencers themselves. For many, they are, I guess, independent businesses and consumers themselves. Their value is in their content and their data, which is something that's demanded by the buy and the sell side. Are we taking away one of their valuable assets? Are we restricting their business? Or is it just simply we're allowing them to understand how their data is being used? I think there's a fundamental preliminary question. Is it their data and is it their asset as you, as you put it. And it's, that's an exceptionally important question because who owns it? We can define personal information as being something that identifies an individual. And one thing for your listeners to understand is the definition of personal information will change and will become more what we currently think to be anonymized data will be defined to be personal information. So we'll be caught by the laws. But I'm talking about the personal information and asset that a influencer builds on a social platform. Who owns that? Well, the platform actually owns it. And as Donald Trump found out um, very recently with his entire Twitter account being deleted, he didn't own it at all. And so I think what's going to happen is we're going to see the platforms effectively preempt legislative reform and they're going to tighten things up. So they're going to be the ones that will dictate what can and can't happen with an influencer's data. Yes, it will make it more restrictive for some influencers, but hopefully we'll see a, a levelling out of the playing field and transparency will then come, come, come into the fore. Lastly, you touched upon the social platforms, and I guess that's a theme throughout all of the all of the questions here. For them, I guess the self-regulation seems to be their favourite direction. Will this have any impact for them at all? It will, because... The whole reason, Patrick, that the digital platform inquiry came to be and now has, has effectively opened a Pandora's box on and shining a light on the dark practices of data capture and data sharing around. I think self-regulation, the self-regulation model has failed because it has all been lost in the technology and the business models. So they would prefer to self-regulate, but they're going to get regulated. And that will happen through privacy laws, consumer laws, mandatory codes of practice that the platforms will be subject to, and we're going to see that tightening. So that, they're going to want to be seen to eventually, uh, depending on which platform we're talking about. Some are more open to it than others, uh, but we will see they will be changing their rules to, to, to comply with what they believe are the laws. And one of the big changes we will see in Australia is that we will start having a GDPR regime, more similar to the GDPR than we currently have today, which is a much more tight and more protective regime for consumers. So look, at the end of the day, will it have an impact? Yes, it will. How the how they are going to tighten up will depend on the platform, but you know, their terms of use and the terms of service will change and, and influences agencies and buy and sell side, supply side, businesses will have to control. For many, when the terms and conditions get updated, I wonder how many people are actually just pressing accept and not really looking at the, the, the terms and conditions in there. So like, what we've tried to do, I suppose, to all of these questions is there's a lot going on there. And clearly within the 800 word document, we could be talking forever around this. Finally, though, Stephen, thinking about how far reaching this inquiry could go, let's just finish with, is this a good thing? And again, of course, this is only my opinion. I suspect that 
uh, a little bit like um, the Wild West. Eventually it was tamed and that was a good thing and, and justice and laws came to, to, to the Wild West. And we've seen that historically in, in many, many sectors where there's been a Wild West and then eventually regulation crept in and, and an order came. And the law of the sea is just like that. That started hundreds of years ago. So we're seeing the law of the sea for digital and social coming into place. I, I think it will be a good thing, particularly on the influencer side, As a, if you think of them as a consumer, they will have more choice, consent and control. I call it the three Cs and they're, the, they're, they're the, effectively the touch points I see coming out of the platform's inquiry and the court cases at the moment, and if I can summarise it in three words, it's choice, consent and control. They will have more choice about what is being done with their data, as with other consumers. They'll have to give consent to that on a on a item by item or a granular basis rather than some broad consent they forgot about, as you mentioned, just clicking I accept. It'll be more than that. It'll be an actual physical thing they have to do. And then thereafter, they'll have control of what happens with their information. And... That would be a good thing. The only chilling effect that I have some concerns about, as would perhaps everyone in the ecosystem, uh, influencer ecosystem at the moment that we've been discussing, is whether it'll slow down the selection of influencers, whether influencers, consumers will have less choice and less personalization, less commercial benefits available to them because of effectively regulation. But I suspect as, as, as time goes on, they will harmonize and we'll just have a, a more open and transparent system that allows commerce to get underway. The federal government won't allow the very, very valuable multi-billion dollar industry that is digital advertising in the broad sense to be stymied by over-regulation. Um, the ACCC might want that, but the federal government won't allow it. And so we'll see a, a balance. But what that looks like today, um, Patrick, your, 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 your guess is as good as mine. It's, we're just forecasting it. Stephen, so much still to talk about, and I'd love us to perhaps potentially come back to you when there is an update in this space. But in the meantime, if people want to learn or understand more or get in contact with you, what's the best way of doing that? Well, if, if, if people would like to have a look at our website, there's a traditional place to go at, at www.vonmlegal.com and that's www.vonmlegal.com and there we have a knowledge centre which actually has a significant summary of what I've just spoken about in an article there plus many other articles on social influences and if they want to reach out, they can our contact details are there by email or phone or the traditional methods so they can reach out and have a chat, happy to, to talk people through the issues as I see them. We are looking at releasing more information on this space as more reports come back from the government, cases are decided, and we'll be trying to give the industry some more insights and help as we can. Amazing, Stephen. Thank you so much for that, and we appreciate you being our first guest on the podcast. And I'm delighted to be here, Patrick. Thank you for having me.